Welcome to the Beacon Hill Podcast, helping you grow in your faith and shine for Christ. Thanks for joining us. Now here are your hosts, Pastor G.J. Farmer and the Beacon Hill Baptist Church staff. Welcome back to the Beacon Hill Podcast. Uh, one of these days, I know we have like a video intro right. that like rolls in. One of these days, I'm going to take that <laughs> off so that way you all can see Jake dance every week that he's on. Um, that song is fire. Like I, it it's very catchy. Going you can't time. sit still. No. Like no. Every week, you're like that. I'm just like, yeah. You got to get other people involved. And I almost feel like he's doing it just so that way I'm like, I'm smiling yeah. very pleasantly when I come on the podcast. I just, that's my job, you know, <laughs> just get everybody having fun. Well, hey, welcome back. Another week. Um, we've got somebody different with us this morning. Uh, I guess many of you already know her, but some of you may not. Uh, this is Jessica Case. She's our children's ministry director. I'll let her kind of introduce herself, maybe tell about your family, uh, how long you've been at the church, whatever fun facts you want to throw in there. Sure. So we moved here in 2020, actually. Christmas Eve 2020 is when we signed on our house. And uh, so I've been here at Beacon Hill since then. Um, I'm married. I have five kids. Daniel, who is a senior. Jackson, who is in 11th grade. Ben and Sawyer, who are in sixth grade. They're twins. And Rachel, who's in third grade, and we love it here. Um, it reminds us a lot of home in Pickens, South Carolina. So it's it's just it's great. We love it. We love the church. Um, fun fact: we also, which everybody already knows this, but we have six cats and one dog that we're very proud of. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, I don't know if it was like the weekend that I guess it, I don't. It was the weekend that we first came to the church. You had like this bulletin board made up for my kids to be able to like get to know you all and you had all the pictures of your cats and things and i was like whoa she's got a zoo at her house yeah like, we do yeah we do. how much cat food do you all go through oh a lot like we have to buy it two big bags at a time and we probably go through that in less than a month so between the cat food and like the the real human the food, food because food. they're feeding yeah. five kids and yeah. most of them are teenagers mm-hmm I can only imagine what that would be like. Yeah, it's a lot of groceries in our house. Speaking of food, I have an interesting uh, discussion question that we can kind of start off. How did you do that? That was a good segue. (laughs) (laughs) You like that? I had a different segue (laughs) in mind, but that just worked out perfectly. I couldn't even keep it like, you got to like be cool like we planned that. But Oh, gosh, that was too good. It's just smooth, man. (laughs) So uh, what I was going to ask is, if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would that meal be? And let's be specific because, like, for instance, uh, I don't know what you all are thinking, but, it, like, if you said macaroni and cheese, if there's, like, a certain brand that you're, like, it has to be this. Yeah, sure. You can be as specific or general, but if it's specific, be specific. And then guess how many years you could live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I know yeah. mine. Mine is chips and queso all day. I don't care whatever Mexican restaurant it is. I don't care. So just, just give it to just me. But like the uh, mm-hmm. like the white queso. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could eat that all day, every day, for the rest of my life. What kind of happy. chips? Or does it matter? Like the restaurant thin. Oh yeah. Tortilla chips. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh, I'm not going to answer yet because I'm not 100% sure. I'm still rolling a couple options in okay. my mind. But do you know? I do. Okay. And I think mine would 
probably be healthier than what I am eating right now. (laughs) (laughs) Why why don't you, uh, we'll just say what it is. So I think that I would eat, (laughs) I think that I would eat like a Chipotle burrito bowl for every meal. Which I love, and it's not like a well, whole, uh, one you'd have to have access to a Chipotle. Sure, like well, th- yeah. This which is- if somebody's listening and you have the capability <laughs> of opening one of those in Somerset, yeah, we like, need one. Please, let's do it. Like, what are you waiting for? We'll open one in our church if you want. <laughs> yeah, like whatever you want to <laughs> do, can, you can start it. <laughs> but so I, I mean, Mexican food, eat that. I could eat that every meal. But I also think. Chicken, rice, guacamole, <laughs> queso, like, yeah, queso, yeah. There you go. Pico, like you mm. got vegetables in there. I think uh-huh. that's healthier than how I eat. Well, right they market now. it as being healthy. Yeah. So, um, well, now we've got an issue. Rice, um, now we've got an issue because I was going <laughs> my, I, I was going to choose like chimichanga (laughs) so like now we're all in the same genre of food we basically just all want to live in texas (laughs) why uh why don't we just get together on this and you know she can order the appetizer yeah (laughs) and then i don't people out there probably like they're like that's not that expensive you could eat that every meal if you wanted to well yeah so i used to be a big frequenter of taco bell my yeah my wife and uh, daughter love that but now that i work kind of on the south end of town i don't ever because it's i mean i like taco bell but it's not worth driving to the other end of town for right we but tried it, to go to taco bell one time and that's where adam wanted to go and everyone in the family vetoed it and he was so mad oh yeah because he really wanted taco bell. well let me say the chips and queso if you want to call it that at taco bell I yeah. feel like that's a very different experience than yeah. what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. About. Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway. I remember one of the first conversations we had when we were talking about how expensive like Chick-fil-A and all that is. And you were like, I can eat Taco Bell for like six bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, less than five. <laughs> less than five. But okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just got to like, know like yeah. how to order, man. I know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so in thinking about this, maybe you can think about if you never thought about this question. If you could have one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Um, Comment, yeah, below. I never think about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comment like below. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Do all the things. Uh, like Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> so this week we um, we're looking at how we are to be a reaching community as a church. We've been going through a series here at Beacon Hill called "We Before Me" and talking about how we can do and really should do a lot more together for the kingdom of God than just trying to do everything as individuals. Um, certainly our relationships with God are individual relationships, but we are saved to be and are part of the kingdom of God. Like when we're saved, we become part of the kingdom of God. And so there's a bigger family that we're a part of and we're to to do all these different things with the family of God. So we've talked about uh, unity uh, in the community. Um, we've talked about love and prayer. And this past week, we talked about how to be a reaching community. And we looked at Matthew 28. Uh, most people know this as the Great Commission, uh, the last few verses of Matthew 28, when Jesus is getting ready to ascend back to heaven. He gives like a final mission, a final uh, mandate to his followers 
uh, in verses 19 and 20. I'll just read these two. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Um, I talked about Sunday, how a lot of people, when they first see um, this passage, because of how our the English is structured and because of how our language is, a lot of times we look at go as being the command, like we are to go. And as we go, like we're going to make disciples, but we see go as like being the main thing we're to do. Um, really the main thing here, the main command is to make disciples. That is, and so that that's what we're doing. And the going is more like as you go. And certainly you can look at like Acts one and other places in the Bible and see the importance of intentionally going, uh, on mission. But here it's really, um, the focus is like, as you go throughout your day to day, as you go throughout your life, there, there will be places that you go. And as you go, make disciples, be about this business. And so we talked about how that this was a great command from Jesus. And so in thinking about this being a great command, I think a lot of times um, churches, and then we come back to the individual part, because if we're going to do this together, we have to think of like what part are we contributing. Um, I think we a lot of times can get our focus off of this being a command and taking it seriously. And so in thinking about that, what are some ways that we can be proactive in keeping this great command, as we called it, as important as Jesus said it should be? Like, how do we, how are we proactive in, in keeping this command um, and obeying it in our lives? What do you all think? Yeah, I think you have to, it has to be something that's intentional. And I think that a lot of the times we, especially people that like grew up in church and just that sort of thing, you kind of get into the, into the motions of life and, and even church life where everybody you come in contact with is you've, you assume like, Oh, they're like me and they know Jesus and you know, whatever. But I think that thinking like you, you had us at the end of service to had everybody pray about somebody that you know, who doesn't know Christ that you can be an influence on. And I think you just have to do that as often as you can, just like be um, thinking about specific people and praying for specific people. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where we talked about how, you know, when we're excited about something, like if I get a good deal on something, you can't shut me up about it. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to go. What was your last good deal? Probably golf clubs. Now I've sidetracked yeah, I think, you. Yeah, I think it's like the PXG golf website had uh, okay. like a, a sale or something. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't but, mean to sidetrack you. I was just like, curious. Like I like if, a good deal too. If you if you find a good deal or if your you know your favorite sports team wins or something like, like you can't keep me quiet about it. You right. Know? But like we have to think of this as that much more important than some of the things that we, we need to get excited about the gospel and excited about the prospect of sharing with people. And, um, you know, that's, that's like one way to, yeah to keep it. I think too, like you said, celebrating it. And, and I think that, um, just for me, every time that I do see prayer answered or some, like we've had several kids that have been, um, come to know Jesus and 
been baptized recently and it's really cool to that's like the kind of motivator that keeps me going is just seeing that and seeing that okay all these seeds that we're planting like they are coming uh bearing fruit and this is a good thing this is exciting and and just in my own life i think one of the best examples of that was a man in our church this was at my home church in south carolina um that we had been praying for for people there had been praying for for 30 years for him to come to know christ and the day that he walked the aisle i mean he was in a walker he was barely able to get down there made a profession of faith uh was baptized four or five men had to get him up there because he was so frail but it was so exciting and so uh, moving for me to remember that we just have to constantly be keep people in our prayers and we need to keep praying even if we don't think it's making a difference it's making a difference I have family members that we are continually praying for and um, you know I, I trust God it's going to do the work and um, I just have to keep um them in the forefront of my mind and know that you know I think on the other side of it you have to remember that they don't they don't know Christ and and the Bible says that there's a place for them that is not the same same place for us if we know Christ and so just remembering that and just thinking keeping that in the forefront of your mind has been really helpful for me and like I said just the celebrations that we have yeah I'll go off of that the celebration part I think just in general there are a lot of things that tend to break down in our spiritual lives when we isolate ourselves from the church. Like if we get to the point that we think, well, we don't need the church or I don't need to go very often and I can just do kind of the Christian life on my own. And I think one of the things that breaks down is the encouragement to continue sharing the gospel and the reminders of why we're here. When the people of God come together we're here to encourage each other and to, to move each other along in the path that God has for us. And one of the things that we encourage each other in is in sharing the gospel. Now, we have to be careful as a church that we keep this as our focus, because if we don't, then we're not doing a good job of encouraging each other along. Mm-hmm. But if we can keep this our focus, then if somebody begins to, let's say, not be very proactive in this, just being around the family of God and hearing about this and thinking about, hey, this is our our mission is to reach people. It reminds us to be about this work, not just on like certain special events, but throughout the week. And I think that's just, that's a big part of why we're here. So let me encourage. I think that, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I think think that would be an important thing to remember for, for most people, I would gather, uh, you know, I would guess it's not that they're sharing so much that they're being discouraged by rejection or things right. like that. It's like the reminding part of how important it is, I think, is what, at least for me, I would need more than like, uh, oh, man, I'm just I'm out there hitting the pavement. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I just need encouragement to keep going. It's like a lot of times it's like we need encouragement to start and a reminder to start you know and i think and we may um some of these questions today that i have to talk about overlap a little bit but uh one of the things that i think is easy to do is because we live in somerset kentucky where there are so many churches i mean right here by beacon hill i mean you just drive down this back road and there are literally three churches in a row right here uh with another one that you can see like from our parking lot um we are so just inundated with churches. We almost assume like everybody's got a connection with church. Everybody 
somehow is a follower of Jesus or knows about Jesus. And so because of that, I think sometimes we take our foot off the gas pedal and think, well, it's fine. We can just coast. And, and the main thing we're trying to do is to like swap sheep with other churches or something rather than creating new followers of Jesus. And I think that's part of the danger too. And, and, uh, in thinking about all of that, I think there are, like I said, I think there are some overlaps. Um, well, before I transition to another question, any other comments on that? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, (laughs) if there's an awkward pause, Jake has the answer. I I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm I'm good at it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, usually I create the awkward pause and then I (laughs) get us out of it. Yeah. So you mentioned one of the things about like just being reminded about the importance of it because it's, it's easy to, to kind of like just back off and not be involved in, in sharing the gospel or even, not be involved in inviting people to church and all of that. I think one of the reasons that we aren't making disciples like we should or could is because we kind of maybe lack some self-confidence and we think that we just can't do it. Um, Maybe that's because we think we have to have all the answers or whatever it may be. How in your own lives or how in in, uh, just – the lives of other believers that you've seen throughout your ministry, how do you find that people can remember that not only they're called to this, but also gain the confidence to maybe begin talking to people about the Lord or to Mm -hmm. share the gospel with people? Well, I think so. I think one of the first things that we have to remember is that as believers, we have the Holy spirit living within us. And so, um, even though we don't think that we're going to have the words to speak in those moments, he's going to guide us in those conversations. And also we have to take the pressure off of ourselves to think that, okay, if I have to phrase it in in the most sophisticated way possible, or they're not going to decide to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's like God's job is to do the saving and the drawing and, and all that stuff. He's using us to, to be like the mouthpiece almost, but it's not like the perfect combination of words that's going to cause somebody to come to know Jesus. It's going to be uh, Jesus opening their eyes to the gospel and them making that decision. And so I think just taking pressure off of ourselves to, to think like we, you know, we don't have to be John Piper or any other scholar that, that we may know. Um, we just have to be willing to, to have those conversations. And so, you know, I think I think for a lot of people, something that they could do um, to help them would be to think about the people that they already are in relationship, and just because it's it can be, I would imagine it's difficult to just walk up to somebody in Kroger and say, "Hey, can I can I talk right. to you about yeah. Jesus?" And they probably won't be super receptive to that anyway. Right. But if you have a close relationship with people, or you get to know people and find out that they don't know Christ, then you already have an opening for conversation. And if you've already built some trust, they're going to be a lot more receptive to what you have to say, even if they don't decide, you know, make a decision for Jesus in that conversation. You know, you're more than likely not going to get thrown out out the door or something, Mm -hmm. you know, so... Well, when Jesus, I was going to say, when Jesus says, I'm with you always to the end of the age, I think this is one of the reasons he says that is to remind them, hey, you can have confidence in going 
and telling because I'm with you. I'm going to help you in this. Yeah, absolutely. I would say probably just for me, like practical ways. uh, One is practice makes perfect. And just, you know, I mean, keep it small to start with or keep it simple. What is that? Keep it simple, stupid (laughs) acronym. Um, But keep it simple, like just with your family, like start there. Your people that are already Christians, like in practice engaging with them, telling someone else your story. And, um, you know, just for me, that just seems like the most easy thing to to start with is just practicing, just practice with it. And I know for me, like um, Adam and I were just talking about this in the car when we were talking about discipleship in the church and it was probably, I mean, I was 30 something. I don't remember how, old, but around 30 something. Um, when I've learned how to pray for the first time, because I thought it had to be the eloquent long pastor prayers and I had never been taught how to pray. And so um, I was in a Bible study group that kind of forced you to pray out loud with one other person Uh in a prayer partner group and that's how I learned how to pray and I realized at that point that was what was holding me back from a lot of ministry opportunities from a lot of where God wanted to lead me was because I was so uh, worried about not saying the right thing in a prayer that even sharing the gospel I was afraid that I was not going to say the right thing and for me I've had to learn how just keep it simple and it's a conversation it's like like with prayer it's a conversation with God with people it's just a conversation it's not something that you have to practice a thousand times before you say it and it's going to be different with everyone but finding also finding that common ground with them and then kind of that opens the door Um, my husband is great at that when it comes to mushroom hunting and Legal mushroom hunting, <laughs> illegal mushroom hunting. Glad you clarified. Um, and <laughs> looking for rocks and things like that, because he's talked to so many people about that, and that opens the door for him to share our story and how the Lord brought us together. And so, like, I'm always in awe of how he can just take someone that that he's just met and be able to find that common ground, and then from there be able to share, you know, our story and and how the Lord's moved. And so, I, I think you know, you just got to keep it simple. By the way, when when Adam told me when I first met him that he liked to mushroom hunt, I thought he was making that up. I was like, well, I've never thing. heard of that. Yeah, that I've, I've heard of it, but it must just be like I guess is it a South Carolina thing too, or a, oh no, people here in Kentucky. Oh mushroom yeah, hunt. Adam. Well, like I mean, I, I know it's in Kentucky, but I didn't. Did they do it like in South Carolina? I think so. Like, I don't is, know where is that where Adam's from? from? Yeah, he's okay. from South Carolina. You just walk around and you're like. Hey, a mushroom. <laughs> it's kind of like, like, it's kind of like hunting for do. four leaf clover, yeah, except exactly. you just do mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Does he eat them? Some of them, the ones that he can't. Although sometimes he Are you says. you like mount them? <laughs> no. Yeah. Press them in a book. Taxidermize. Some of the, like he, his philosophy is if he know if he's unsure about whether or not it's poisonous, like he, He'll be like, well, what's the most it's going to do to me? Then it'll just make me sick. I'll still try it. Yeah. I, yeah. Could, I found a bunch of them at Kroger one time. They're <laughs> yeah. In a nice package. Yeah. And you know they're really okay. Good. That's how. Because they're selling them. Yeah. But there's a guy like Adam behind that package who's out hunting yeah, for those. Hunting. <laughs> Somebody had to find them. Yeah, exactly. So in thinking about uh, how uh, we can kind of make this uh, easier for us or build our self-confidence. One of the things that I do with our prospective members class, 
uh, here at Beacon Hill, and I've done it at, at other churches as well. But I encourage people to share their testimony, but also um, to write down their testimony. And I think so many people have not stopped to just think about their own story. And if we can just communicate the story of what Jesus did for us, if you look at most of like the gospel sharing that happens in the New Testament, essentially that's what they're doing. Like, yeah, they're t- talking about what Jesus did and his death and resurrection and all of that, but they're mainly also like they're doing this because of their story, because of their inner encounter with Jesus. And I think for all of us, if we can just write down or be able to say what Jesus has done for us in our lives, that's a huge part of it. I think another thing to remember is there are different ways we can evangelize. And I've heard this explained like this before, like where you see people in the Bible who share about Jesus, who it's like a come and tell or or, excuse me, come and see versus a go and tell. Uh, So there are some in the Bible um, like the woman at the well who went to people and said, Hey, come and see this man. And so she's inviting people to come and see Jesus. And then there are others who are going and telling, and that's the command that we see from Jesus here, like go and make disciples. And so I think there's, it's kind of a both end. Like we want to invite people like, Hey, come to my Bible study, come to church, come to this outreach event, come to this with the hope that they're going to come and find Jesus. Uh, but also, we have to be ready to, to go and tell uh, on those opportunities that we get. And let me just add on, maybe if you feel like unsure about what to say, um, you could get involved in certain things. Like I know at Beacon Hill, uh, sometime in the future, we're going to be having like classes on how to share your faith and stuff like that. But even more than that, classes make it sometimes into a program where it sometimes can make us more nervous. Like if, if I don't take that class, then I can't share the gospel Remember, it's just a natural conversation. If you know, we were talking about our, our favorite foods earlier or if you have a favorite restaurant or music and somebody asks you, hey, tell me a good song or tell me a good place to eat, you would be ready to share and not just tell them, but why? Because you've had an experience with that place or that thing and, and you're excited about it. It should be the similar with with Jesus. I think sometimes we overcomplicate it a little bit. Any other thoughts? Well, I was going to say that the, uh, just going off of something Jessica said about like practice making perfect and uh, just getting better by doing, I think it's, it's kind of the same thing when you, when it comes to like speaking on things that we enjoy and know, like I, I enjoy basketball. So I watch it. I read about it. I do all these things, you know, and so I know a lot about it, and so I'm able to to be better at talking about it, let's say. Um, so it's not that, like, being this, like, genius of theology is a prerequisite for mm-hmm. for um, sharing your faith, but the more excited you are and the more you love something, the more you want to know about it, and the more you know about it, the better you get at communicating it. And so I think encouraging everyone to be in the Word every day learning as much as you can and being able to explain everything that you know with the the assumption that we're we're never going to be you know we're never going to know everything and it's not required that you be a genius about it but you know encouraging definitely to to know as much as you can and uh, being able to use that knowledge with your testimony and, and I think 
That's uh, exactly what I was going to oh, say. Oh, yeah. That's what exactly what I meant. <laughs> you just said it better. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> nice. I think uh, it, it, and there are a lot of good resources uh, online that you can uh, find out about. And if you have trouble finding those and, and need some help and you want like a, a brief video or something that explains the gospel, uh, just reach out. I'd be glad to connect that, uh, connect you with that. Um, I kind of want to wrap up with this thought. We had talked about um, how there's a great need. Uh, and obviously people need the Lord, and we've already talked about that in some ways in this podcast. But we also mentioned how there's a great Savior, and that's the reason why we should should, should share. Um, and thinking about that, how should knowing that we have a great Savior impact our urgency uh, in sharing the gospel? We know there's a need, but the fact that our Savior meets that need, uh, how, how or why should that impact our urgency? I think we've we've touched on it, you know some, but we we speak about the things that we're excited about, and we try to get people to like the things that we like, and so that's a natural human thing that we don't even really have to practice. You know, like everybody's good at you know trying to influence others to the things that they like, and so I think the thing that we have to to really put in perspective is if, if I love the Duke blue devil basketball team or I'm going to have to bleep that out, man. Anybody, if anybody, else. maybe you need to say it more clearly in case somebody, I mean, if you're going to, if you say you love them, yeah, you, you don't need to be ashamed. That's true. That's say true. it. So if you Just love say the Dallas Mavericks, that's not what you said, bro. Is that not what I said? Okay. Uh, if you love, if you love like I do, the Duke, the Duke Blue Devils. Are you sure you even love them? I love them, but I, I also, this podcast is also know banned. the hate that's gonna <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be bold. If you love the Duke Blue Devils like Which, I do, by the way, let me just say this is a testimony to the fact that if you were worried about like coming to church, like I don't know if they'll accept me or not. Right. This is a testimony <laughs> right. that we love right. everybody. They hired me yeah. and they knew that. So <laughs> like they'll love you for anything. You right. Know? Yeah. But uh yeah, so but we need to be even more <laughs> to get back to it, we, need, <laughs> we need to be even more excited about the the savior of the world who loves us and who sent his son to die for us. And we have this life in him that we can only find through him. And I mean, you touched on this on Sunday, but just like how much more excited should we be about that than anything else in our life? And we just, we have to tap into that, you know? You yeah. Know, you I, know? <laughs> yeah. I would agree to that. Of course. Agree to that. I think one thing that caught me in um, your sermon from Sunday was the statistic that you gave. Um, because even just being here for a little while and, and being in an area, I grew up in an area where there were tons of churches everywhere, you know? So uh, that was the assumption that I had is that everybody went to church. And so hearing your statistic, I think it was like 85, 82%, oh, 82, yeah. yeah, 82% that are not involved in church. And that, that was a 2020. It might yeah. actually be a little less now. I don't know because, you know, after COVID it got people out of the mm -hmm. habit of stuff. So I don't know. Well, I, that blew me away because I didn't think of, of that. And that just made me that much more like, oh, yeah, gung-ho. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm going after this community, you know? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I, I want them to know Jesus, and I want them. So I think it, even something as simple as a statistic just really 
kind of made me feel more uh, urgent in, to be in the community and to, and to get, um, you know, people to hear the gospel and to, to come to church and to be a part of mm-hmm. you know, what we're doing here. Yeah. Just to clarify what I said a minute ago, I meant like it might be a little less as far as people who attend church now. Um, I said it backwards a second ago, but either way, I, we know that there are people who are, are lost all around us and time is ticking as far as our opportunities to share. Uh, I remember at one of my previous churches, there was a, we did an evangelism class and we had a lot of people sign up in our church to take it. And one of the men who signed up was a deacon in our church, older man. And, uh, he told me, he was like, I wanted to sign up for this because, and he said, you know, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say it, but I've my whole life, I've never shared the gospel with anybody. And I, I think on two ways to kind of look at that one is good on him for wanting to make that right. Um, and the other, other side is, you know, if he would have started earlier, it could have, you know, he could have been sharing with more people. But I think that second thing is some of what maybe hangs us up a little bit. Like no matter how old we are, we feel like, well, I haven't really done it. And I just don't know if I could start now or, or whatever. And I think for all of us, if we think, Hey, if this is urgent and this is a need and and we have this great savior, like why not start now? And I mean, maybe try to make up for lost time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to start somewhere and sometime. And so for you, maybe you've been thinking about that throughout this week and you've been thinking, you know, I've never shared the gospel with anybody. Now's a good time to start now. And just start with what you can and kind of grow from there. So any other final thoughts this week? Good, good stuff. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you uh, joining us again this week. Um, Hopefully you're making this a a part of your weekly routine. Other than that one week I went MIA because of my sickness, but hopefully you're making this part of your weekly routine. Uh, We hope you have a great week. Let me just add on as I do from time to time. If you're not connected with the church, we'd love to see you here at Beacon Hill every weekend. We accept uh, everybody. That's right. <laughs> Even if you're a Blue Devil fan or Tennessee fan or Whatever you South any, Carolina Gamecock fan, yeah, just in, need to get that in Any there. of that. Uh, but we really love you if you're a Kentucky fan. So. <laughs> uh, 915 Grow Groups on Sunday mornings and 1030 Worship. Would love to see you there. Hope you all have a great rest of your week and uh, we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Beacon Hill Podcast. For more information about Beacon Hill Baptist Church, visit beaconhillbaptist.com.